What's up, everybody? This episode and every episode is brought to you by All I Need. A cool way to support the podcast would be if your skate shop carries All I Need decks and you've never tried one, please grab one and test it out. Let us know what you think. And that would be a really awesome way to directly support the show. And if your shop doesn't carry All I Need, don't worry, we still got you covered. You can cop everything at allineedskate.com. We got our decks and apparel up there. And if you're going to cop any of the apparel, use the promo code TSS when you're checking out and you'll get free shipping within the United States. We actually just updated the online store. We now have toddler tees and all I need onesies. We got the new wartime series. We got our hoodie. We got our Grandison beanie, the gum pad. We got a a really dope snapback, black and gray. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot of awesome stuff on there. So please check it out and keep up the sharing and comments and interaction you guys have helped the show grow and you've helped me grow so thank you so much and today's guest is the one and only carl watson i've been a fan of carl for years and years and years and to be able to sit down with him and just get to know carl was quite the experience and he didn't let me down i'm a bigger fan now i just love the skating and the scene Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah that admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Alright, we're rolling. We're rolling. Skype's good. We got Carl on the line. This is all looking good so far. <laughs> What's up, skate family? Hell yeah, man. Um, I guess the way I wanted to start this off was just uh, take me through your day, man. What's a typical day? What'd you do today? Okay, so far, today has been very mellow. I had about three cups of tea, Yerba Mate tea. Ooh, is that good? Super good. It's it's kind of bitter, but um, I like bitters. So, <laughs> is there caffeine and in it? Me- oh yeah, there's caffeine, a lot of it. So it keeps me charged, <laughs> and since I'm kind of a mellow guy, you know, gets me going in the morning. Sick. <laughs> and I had a meeting with um, two uh, investors about some cool projects we're working on. We about an hour, and now I'm talking to my man, Mr. Anthony Shetler. Sick. That's not a bad day, man. Um, I know you have little guys, too. Do you wake up and have to wrestle with them for a bit? <laughs> you know, um, 
I do, of course. My <laughs> my two younger sons, they they we live in separate homes, and uh, my oldest son and myself and his mom, we all live together. So oh, that's... not much wrestling going on with him. He'll <laughs> probably beat me up right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. I I trip out all the time. Um, on pe- like right now, all my friends are having kids. Seriously. I'll go through the list. There's my friend Ramsey. He's already had a kid. Brian, Adam, Westgate's having a kid. Um, I heard about that. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. Imagine how good that kid's gonna be at skating if it chooses to be. <laughs> what good genes, right? <laughs> yeah, but it trips me out because, like, I don't know. Like, I don't have any kids. I do have a fiance, and we have two dogs. But like, I, th- I think about kids a lot, and I'm like, it just seems like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> How do you balance that out, yeah, man? Yeah, it is. It really is. It's um, I, it's just a part of my life, you know. So it's a huge responsibility, twenty four seven, nonstop. You're always picking somebody up, or somebody's getting hurt. You're going to the doctors. You have to go here, have to go there. P- birthday parties, whatever. It's a huge responsibility, but I'm very used to it. I've been doing it for seventeen years now. So wow, yeah, it's a blessing. And all boys. Oh boys, man! Can you believe it? Wow, a lot. That's that seems like uh, a lot of injuries. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot. A lot of fun. So we have we have BB guns in the backyard. We have slingshots. We have dartboards. We have all that stuff. You know. Oh, that's way cool. Yeah, it seems like if you were my dad, I'd be hyped. <laughs> oh, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I always like that, man. I like the idea of family and just having little ones around, and it's cool, man. You, it's congrats. <laughs> I'm psyched you're doing it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Do Do any of them skateboard? Say it again. Do any of your children skateboard? Oh yeah, they all skate. My my uh, youngest are really into it, but uh, my oldest, he's a uh, pretty much a skate photographer now. What? That's sick. He cruises with with the other his buddies, but he doesn't really flip his board much, unfortunately. That's cool that he likes to document it, though. Oh yeah, he kills it. That's right. Um, I, I show off some stuff in a sec if you want. <laughs> no, I do. Please, please, definitely show me some stuff. I I'll love. Right. Yeah, please do. I love your background too. Thank you. <laughs> I heard you. Damn, you see, guys, see the LRG in the background, the big poster. I think that's one of his children. Actually, we'll have to ask. And don't forget on Facebook, hit the share button, share this conversation, it'll be cool, man. Skateboarders talking to skateboarders, so if you're on Facebook and you're listening, hit the share button, let's get a big audience going for Carl and for the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, I heard you mentioning my, my off-poster in the background here. Yeah, that's so, so this sick. Was, this was in Jonas um, Bak- Bakwaba's house. When he, um, before he passed away, so I inherited that. And oh. that's, that's my oldest son, Elon, when he was only four years old. That's so uh, cool. Pretty much love it. And this is, um, my, 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 my son, Elon, did FTC's most recent lookbook. No way. What? So, super good, good stuff in here. He you shot know. the photos and everything? Yeah, he shot about 95% of all the photos. Wow. Wow. Dude, how old is he? He's only 17. Wow, and he already shot FTC's lookbook? Yep. Wow. He shot photos for Adidas. He did um, a, a campaign for uh, Double Rainbow Ice Cream here here in SF. So That's sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick, man. That's good, man. It's good that he could find something he's into and then have the opportunity to create stuff with cool people. 
Yeah, it really is. You know, it's it's very similar to skateboarding. It's uh, you know, creative. You get to hang out with all different types of people, and it's a uh, very uh, open-minded environment for sure. Photography is. Well, that's a good that's a good spot to start at the beginning. So, how how did you find this world of skateboarding? How did I find this world of skateboarding? That's a great question. Um, I was very young, man. I was only six years old. When I came across my first skateboard, it was a banana board, as many of us start on. Yeah. It was in my dad's garage, and um, so he actually recalls seeing me out there skating until like 11 o'clock at night. I was battling with all the neighbor neighborhood kids, battling with them, trying to get, you know, we had one skateboard and like 12, 12 kids trying to ride it, so yeah. you know, I'm not, I don't like to compete too much, so I waited until everybody got tired, and then I got the board, and I spent a good three hours on my own just riding down the driveway and make, built like a cool little ramp and launched off of that. So that was my initial interaction with, with the skateboard. When I first started skating, I, it was when I moved to the city. I started when I was uh, 11 years old. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the world of skateboarding just like really came on hard, you know, because I was, I was inducted into the, the lifestyle and the culture of EMV which yeah. was huge at the time, you know, it was the mecca of skateboarding. And, uh, luckily I was, I was, uh, I was there at the right time, right place and had the, the right friends to, so, to where I was accepted into the, the crew. So you're, you're 11 years old and you find this banana board and you're playing with it and all these other kids are interested in it. You guys are all just kind of figuring it out. How did you go from that to like figuring out tricks and like figuring out like, you know what I mean? Cause like when I first found it, it was like, I didn't even know you could ollie. So how do you go from just messing around with a banana board to getting a legit board and figuring out about tricks and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. So when I was six, I came across the banana board. Oh, I'm sorry, I six. I got my first skateboard when I was um, in 1987 for Christmas. Sick. And so it took me uh, one whole year to learn how to ollie, man. It was a very tough challenge for me because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't understand the concept of pressing down to jump up. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. And uh, when I learned that, it was like, it was uh, my, my whole life changed. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> to smoke weed on my show. <laughs> Happy for 20. You already know. <laughs> I, um, have a, I have a certificate, Carl. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not going to turn you in, man. You're all good. I'm in Massachusetts, and they sold me this for 200 bucks. So I was like, eh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it helps me enjoy <laughs> that's good man well to me um if you can ollie on a skateboard you're good yeah. now, i've always thought that because it was such a, an uphill climb for me to pop my board up and be, be able to ollie up a curve so i admire and appreciate the ollie yeah do that I, I have your back and i support you and I, I feel like you're a good skater at that point yeah ollie's ollie's the foundation of everything for sure because that's where you figure out your timing with everything yeah, but there's so many other tricks that don't incorporate the ollie, especially. I like how a lot of kids are doing no complies and slappies these days. It's, it's pretty rad. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think bring about back, bringing back the old. Yeah, I like it. It's all it's all collective. It's all collective. Like all of it's skateboarding. So whether it's old or new, it just all comes back around, you know. And then people add to it, which is pretty rad. Like nowadays, the no complies and shit are insane. People are doing crazy stuff with that, right? I don't even understand. I can't even comprehend some of the tricks that these guys do. Like, no comply 360 heel flip to backside lip slide down a handrail. I'm like, okay, how is that even possible? Yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> I actually thought skating couldn't progress further uh, after the year 2000. 
like, I was looking through a map. It was a very thick trans world, like that thick. I was like, there's no way it can go further than this. And <laughs> of course it has, you know. But yeah. I mean, I've, I've already seen it grow from, you know, 1980, 87 to that point. So I was already like in awe about how far it's come. So to be this far now, it's just, it's mind blowing, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, he's insane. Yeah, he's like a uh, next level. He's kind of like an alien for sure. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That guy's incredible, dude. Yeah, he's like he has such a good style. Some people call him a robot, but I don't see the ro- I don't see how he's a robot. He's so smooth and original. Definitely one of my favorite skaters right now. I think he's just that good that it's like that's what they throw out. They're like he's robotic, and it's like ah, <laughs> he's the. Yeah, yeah. I, He's very technical, but I don't. His style doesn't look robotic to me by any means. Definitely not. Definitely not. He's so hell good. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. So, anyways, back back to you. Back to you. So, once you learned tricks and stuff, did you? How'd you find out about sponsorships? Or I know you said you moved to the city. You're speaking about SF and Embarcadero and all that. Did that was that a rude awakening going down to the city and and checking out skateboarding? I wouldn't say it was a rude awakening. It was more like an eye opener. Yeah. It showed, showed me how vast the, the world of skateboarding was at the time. Yeah. And how SF was the mecca. You know, when I was 13, I moved into a, an apartment and it was a uh, Tommy Guerrero lived there right before me. <laughs> so the only thing left in the apartment in my room that was hanging was, um, I don't know if you watched Animal Shin. I've seen it. Um, you know the part where they have like the drum on a stick and they, they go like that and has like the little balls on the end of each of the string? Yeah. In the drum? Yep. That was the only thing left in the apartment. It was hanging in my room <laughs> with, with blue thrasher stickers around the drum. What? Right at, right at that point, I, I had like an epiphany that I'm gonna be a pro skater. Wow. And I actually, I mean at that point I, I was completely horrible at skating, you know, and I had no, I had no desires to be a pro skater. I just loved skateboarding and, you know, the, the, you know, hanging out with your friends. It was it was the best feeling ever. But like at that moment, I remember being like, I'm going to be a pro skater, and I couldn't even kickflip or anything at that point. You know, so <laughs> I know uh, that I know that feeling because like I had that feeling too. It was like I said the same thing to myself, like I'm going to be a pro skater. But I think what what I meant for sure, and what I'm sure you meant was like I'm going to do what these guys are doing. You know, like. I'm going to be a part of whatever this world is. I think that's like what a pro skateboarder is. Someone that like creates and fully gives back and is a part of it. And you've definitely done that. Absolutely. <laughs> but that, that was a different feeling. It was more like a kind of a like foresight. Yeah. I like you know, that. It was, it was like a deep feeling within. <laughs> what happened with that drum? Is it still lingering? Man. There are certain things throughout my life I wish I saved. That drum <laughs> is one. I used to I used to get mail from Mark Gonzalez. Wow. Rip out my my ads in the magazine and do cool cool drawings and stuff on them and mail them to me in the mail in an envelope. And I when I moved to LA, it was a really big move and I lost all that stuff. Oh man, yeah, that's some shit you'd want to hang on to. Damn it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Pretty sad actually. Pretty sad. But so I, I used to get packages with um, Tommy's name on it though. Really? Remember the stuff? It was it was called Rip Grip. Yep. It's like for doing grabs and stuff. So I used to get I used to get packages of Rip Grip with his name on it. And that, at that point, it was not even in use because we started u- using the nose and doing nose slides. So 
it was pretty much um, obsolete. <laughs> That's funny. He didn't. He didn't change his shipping address, huh? <laughs> well, he did for all the other sponsors, but I guess he didn't care about the rip grid. <laughs> He's like, I'm on to the next man. I'm on to the next. <laughs> Moving on, on up. So, when you were in SF and you're skating in Barcadero and stuff, what's the vibe like? What was that like? Was it just tons of skateboarders there and it was kind of felt like a skate park, but like in the streets or? Yeah. It was, um, at that point I didn't really know what a skate park was. So this was like the world of skateboarding to me. Everybody came from all around the world to visit that place that we so loved and cherished. Yeah. There was Absolutely everything that you wanted to skate there. There's curves, there's ledges, there were stairs, small stairs, big stairs. It was a wave. There were big gaps. There, it was just incredible. Yeah. A big, fast body of brick, brick flat ground, so, so you can just do your, your tricks. You know, it was an it was an incredible place, and um, yeah, it was really intense sometimes because you know the locals were not very friendly to outsiders. Yeah. And. They didn't want people ruining their spot. Now, I don't know why skaters get so territorial, but I mean, I guess it's not like that as much anymore. But, you know, I mean, I like the camaraderie that skateboarding brings, so I would always invite the, the outsiders to come in. I'd, I'd see them being on, like, the outskirts, and I would go skate over to them and be like, hey, come on in, it's good. Yeah. And once, they, once, like, the crew saw me bringing somebody in, they didn't mess with them. You know, so they had they had a pass. But, that's, you know. <laughs> that's nice. That very interesting time. <laughs> it's funny. My theory on that is that it's because skateboarding is like a lifestyle and an art form and people are very passionate about the way they like live their life and the way they forge their skating and like people like to keep skating in their lives. You have to like it's it. the world kind of wants to pull it out of your life as you get older, you know, like it makes you it makes you want to go to get a job and like things get in the way. So like I feel like the people that are kind of like that a lot of times they're just kind of they're trying to protect their art in some in some way but they just don't know how to express themselves properly we have that on the east coast too there's like some people you know the kind of blue collar hard-headed and they're kind of bitter and mean at times but i think it's just because they work so damn hard for what they have that they just kind of like protect it too much sometimes (laughs) yeah i think that's a very very unique and true perspective yeah it's it's definitely some people are like that maybe not the whole collective but it's very cool that you're open you're open to realize like to let people into the community and the scene that's awesome of you thank you skateboarding is definitely a lifesaver it saved my life completely man it showed me the world at large it showed me a different way of of living it really like introduced me to so many different types of people around the world and without skateboarding i wouldn't be who i am today but I, would, I do want to tell the listeners one thing, that skateboarding can save your life, but it can also ruin your life because we have something called uh, tunnel vision. When you're really young, you're involved in skating, you don't look outside of what's in front of you. You're like, skate, 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 skate. That's it. And honestly, once the dream is over, you know, you kind of hit a, hit a, a like a dead end, you know. So I think it's important to have, um, to build your skills, get talents, and, you know, I don't want to... I mean, school, of course, I recommend school, but that there's other ways to build your build your your skills, you know. Yeah. So then you're you're not you know like a deer in you know headlights, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're what you're talking about is like a lot of dudes want to get sponsored and they work really hard at skateboarding to get sponsored. Then they get it 
And then, you know, things happen, ebbs and flows, money comes and goes, brands think you're cool, then you're not cool. So, like, that dream can end, you know, and, like, that free ride almost. It, you know, you earned it, you earned it, but it still, like, can be taken away. But um, I agree, dude. I'm the same way. I like people, like, I just had Westgate on the podcast, and something about Westgate is, like, he loved skating, tunnel vision. He gained so many skills from skating. He learned how to persevere. He learned how not to give up. It taught him how to think differently and look at things differently. And he's applied that to something else in life, too. While he's still maintaining a pro career. And I, like, I applaud the fuck out of him, you know? He does a he does a cranberry farm from his house, so I didn't know if you knew that, but pretty crazy. That's pretty rad. Good, good job, Westgate. Yeah. yeah, he runs a whole cranberry bog. Like, he bought property with the bog on it, and, like, his dad did it before him. But, like, he definitely applies everything he learned from being a pro skateboarder and getting to that point, and he applied it into that business, which is really rad. Getting knocked down. Yeah. Standing back up, you know, trying again. Yeah, absolutely. How, I, I know you, you have to use your feet a lot in that business, too. Yeah, you have to be standing. You have to be lifting. You, he's got good pop when he lifts the cranberry bag up. He pops yeah. it. <laughs> Wait, don't you have to step on the cranberries, too? No. Yep. Oh, you do? Okay. You walk on it. He actually had me out there walking on his cranberry bog, and it was, was kind of crazy. It's like a lot of spiders out there. You got to watch out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, spiders. Oh, man. How, I like them from, from afar. That's it. Yeah, me too. Me too. How, how do you do in school? How would you do in school growing up? I did really good in school. Sick. I did really good, but I didn't like, a, I didn't like a, the authority figures too much. Yeah. Because of skating. You know, when you skate, you're not you're not being coached. You're, I just had that um, very independent attitude about life in general, you know. So I did really good in school, but I didn't do good when it came to authority, unfortunately. Yeah, you had like a DIY mentality, like do-it-yourself mentality because of skating, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of skaters have that, that attitude, you know, because we teach ourselves so much that we, to, we get to a certain point that we feel possibly we don't need an outside teacher to teach us. Yeah. Because I mean, we're always learning stuff on our own. Yeah, I agree so. with that. Did you finish, uh, did you make it through high school and then did you do any college? I did not make it through high school. I got kicked out of kicked out of my house when I was 16 years old. Wow. Please. Graffiti. <laughs> so, and then I uh, moved into a house. It was um, a three-bedroom house with nine guys, all from Colorado. And, um, uh, when I would go to bed and at 11 o'clock, that's when they all started partying. So that was a, a big uh, deterrent to going to school. Yeah. But, you know, I am a, I am an advocate of it. I believe that it's uh, it's good to be certified and definitely good to go there and build, build your skills up. Yeah, I made it through high school. I finished that just barely because I had a skate trip I went on and I didn't go to my graduation and all that. And I just got average grades. Like every good grade I had, I had to work for it. And... um. But I got my high school diploma. I have never used it for anything except for my mom to make her happy. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, gotta make the parents happy, right? So Especially what, moms. So what happened with the graffiti, though? Yo, I was into it, man. I was really into it. I fucking... The, the whole year when I was 16, I pretty much used my skateboard for transportation. And I was doing, I was doing like, gnarly missions and, like... Two, three in the morning, doing rooftops and getting getting in high speed chases with cops. Like it was pretty nuts, man. It actually it took over completely, and 
to the point of sometimes when I get out of the shower, I still get up in the, the, the fog on the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, like, test it out, see if I still got my skills. But once I turned 18, man, I, I realized that it could be a serious problem, you know. I, I went to juvenile hall when I was younger for that stuff, so... I didn't want to go to the big boy, big boy jail. Yeah. I, I stopped, I stopped tagging when I was 18. The last time I hit up, I was in Japan. I think it was, fudge, man. It was like 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, I went out with some, some, some tigers out there bombing and we were at the end of some, end of some tunnel, right? And I hit up, up and this lady walked by and gave me a look. And that look really resonated with me, man. It was like, how dare you come here and ruin our country? <laughs> I mean, it, it was it, her look at a lot. A lot of <laughs> so that was the very last time I hit up. Oh wow! I never really thought about that. Like in another country, tagging in like their pride and their like sense of like, don't be writing your shit here. You know, like crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> were you were you into drawing when you were younger? I was not into drawing, but you know, I, I'm I'm an artist now. I, I love I love drawing. I have um, I do like sacred geometry. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No so stuff like like this. Whoa, sick. So yeah, I, I can I can walk around and show you some some stuff around the house if you want. Please, please. I love yeah. art. I'm like falling in love with art. I can't draw, but I love people that can draw and create with it. It's amazing to me. So this is it's nothing special, but it's a little. Little something right here. Oh, that's sick! I, I created um 14 years ago. Wow, that's sick. Dan, the people list the people that are just listening. He's showing me some of his artwork. <laughs> it's very sick looking. Wow, sick! Oh yeah, I'm I'm really trippy with my my work. <laughs> what what's that one? What was that one created with? The triangle ones. Uh, the black one, the first one I showed you. Yeah, what did you use to paint that? Um, acrylic. It's on wood, and I just used um. Just like roller and paint marker. Yeah, that's so sick. It's supposed to be um, three dimensional. It's called a, a, a Merkava, and apparently that's um, the energy field around our bodies. Red. Wow, that's sick. It definitely looks three D to me, man. It's like tripping me out a little. There's that yeah. thing that's on your arm right there. Yeah, exactly. That's sick. This is uh, this weird thing I built out of sticks in the park and wrapped it in foil. <laughs> that's that's sick. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is my my bedroom, guys. See, I like to make my bed. That's where the <laughs> is that where the action happens. That's where some action that has happened in the past. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. This some, other, some other artwork is um my best pieces ever are my sons. Oh wow! What's that with? What did you use to create that one? It's it's wood. A photo that was um. Yeah, put on the wood by the artist. Oh, that's sick. My oldest, my youngest, and you can see my second son over here just chilling. Oh, yeah, in the background. Damn. He's really um, pale, so you can't really see him that good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, these are my books. I, I like to read a lot, even though I didn't graduate high school. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, though. I like, I'm like. i not really big on reading that much, but when I find a book that someone recommends, I read it, and I usually enjoy it. Whoa, that's trippy. These are my sons right here. Good looking kids. Thank you, Jaya Jonas and Elon Watson. Very cool names too. Thank you. <laughs> this is um, yeah, me and my my oldest right here. That's another photo uh, photograph. Yep. Yeah, that's a rad one. And that's about it. How? So I got questions though. One it, one is, what do you got? Are those dreadlocks? Would you consider them dreadlocks? 
These are, yeah, dreadlocks. They don't look like, they're not like, they're like tight, small ones, huh? Yeah, you know, I wish when I started it, my hair was really short, so they came out really thin. If I had to do it again, I would definitely make them uh, a little bit thicker. How long have you had those for? These, um, since I was 30. Okay. Sick. So, so, nine years. <laughs> Sick. So that's pretty, that's that's some dedication, nine years to stay with it? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I keep them trimmed up because I don't like skating with long hair. It just sucks getting hit in the eyes with your, you know, with your hair. Yeah. So I'm at a, a pretty, uh, the pretty, pretty normal length, but I think I'm going to grow them out pretty long next, you know, next few years. Sick. See how, how far they can go down. Right. All right. That, that leads me to the next question. Are you religious at all? I am not religious whatsoever. If I, if I was to join any kind of religious organization, it'd be Buddhism. Sick. I like that. <laughs> when I was younger, I, I went to church a bunch, so I just don't believe in the stories, you know? I believe, I'm, I'm more of a spiritual person. I believe in uh, the universe, you know, where we're all one race, the human race. We all, we're, we're all of the same energy, you know? We all come from stardust, so. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I like that. I'm not religious either. I didn't want to leave you out there to dry, but I'm not religious either. I tried to be when I was younger. Because I wanted to like understand it and stuff, but there's just too many contradictions and too many rules and too many like hypocrisies in in most religions. But a lot of re religions have good things that I have borrowed from. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah of course, <laughs> I agree. And um, you know, I actually I tend to like hang out with people that are religious. You know, yeah, I don't know. We gravitate toward each other. I, hang, I have a lot of friends that are Christian. You know, a lot of Catholic friends, and you know, so. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. It's like I was a vegan for I was a vegan for 11 years and I wasn't one of those weird vegans that, you know, made you feel bad for eating meat around me. <laughs> I just did my thing and, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's fine with religion. I respect that. That's good, man. I've never been vegan though. It's that seems really like a lot of discipline and I love chocolate and stuff like that way too much. <laughs> well, you can eat chocolate if you're if you're vegan. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not just not milk chocolate. That's all. Oh well, no, then I couldn't do it because my girl eats like the chocolate that's like a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent cocoa or whatever, and that's not chocolate to me. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this ain't real, man. <laughs> yeah, chocolate. I think what I mean when I like chocolate, I just mean I like sugar. I consume way too much sugar, which is like the worst drug. I feel well, it is the absolute worst drug, man. It's so addicting. It sucks. And it's in everything. Hell yeah, it's 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 the best drug, but it's uh it's hard it's hard to kick that habit, right? Once you start eating, you get some dessert at, at dinner, then you know the next you're like, oh, what am I gonna have now? That's sweet. And yeah. It's like you know, it, it continues. So you're no longer a vegan now? No, I'm a pescatarian. I I eat fish, eggs, and cheese again. Ooh, I like all those things. Just no, just no um, like you know, red meat or no chicken, no turkey like that. Have you ever been hunting before? I have never been hunting, but you know I'm not opposed to it. If I lived in a tri in a tribal setting and stuff like that, I would definitely eat meat that I hunted with my my counterparts. Yeah. And, but other than that, I mean, I don't really desire that. You know. Yeah, it's I only ask because the vegan thing and like a lot of like I feel like if I've never hunted, but I definitely would if someone would take me and show me because I feel like. I'm a hypocrite because I eat meat that's slaughtered, you know what I mean, by, like, factories and shit. But, like, if I at least went and hunted something myself, 
then I'd have the experience and the connection, I think, I don't really know, but I might have more, I'd be more thoughtful about what I consume, or at least I'd have more understanding of like that it was a life taken for us to consume, you know? Mm. Yeah, you definitely have more appreciation for that, what you're putting into your body. Are you, are you, is that part of the reason for the, uh, part of the reason for the veganism? Like, just not wanting to harm animals or... Oh man, this might sound weird. Yeah, absolutely. When I when I was nineteen, I, I drove past a big um big like slaughterhouse and I saw all these cows just being lined up to be killed, you know. And I realized that all, all these animals they're they're enslaved, you know. They have they don't roam free. They at one point they did, you know. Now they're being you know raised and, and bred for our consumption. And it, it really hit me. It was like, fuck, I, I love meat. I love the way it tastes, but I, I don't want to support this system anymore. So reluctantly, I stopped eating meat. I loved it. You know, I mean, I love McDonald's. I love all that crap, you know. But, you know, when I was 19, a lot changed. I started, That's when I started reading a bunch and, you know, opening opening up my mind to different things. And so, you know, changing my, my eating habits and, you know, what kind of soap I use, what kind of toothpaste I used, deodorant, and all that, you know, I did everything one by one to, like, what I consider to be a better product, which is natural stuff. That's right. It's good. It's, I feel like skateboarding, or maybe not skateboarders, but I feel like some people, young people, some young people think it's not cool to be conscious and, like, you know, of, it, of a lot of things, you know? Sometimes it gets made fun of, but I like it. I think it's sick when you, like, are conscious of life and the frailties of it and the things we can do to improve it, you know? I try. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's important, man. It really is. What? I what? Got, I just got a flea on me, by the way. <laughs> you didn't kill it, did you? <laughs> I think I'll kill, man. I don't mess with parasites, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? That, you know what? I stopped killing on mosquitoes, though. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, get, I get a jar. I trap them. I get a piece of paper, slide it under under the jar, and let them out. My late my lady always makes me take the spiders out. Like I oh, used. Yeah. I used to kill them, but then she just, like, yells at me, so I just take them out now. Yo, bad luck, man. I had a really crazy situation with that. I, I, I haven't killed a spider intentionally since then. What happened? What happened? Oh, man. It's kind of boring. It doesn't pertain to skating, but I'll, I'll share it anyway. It's That's so, the best type of story. <laughs> in 2004, I, I bought a house for my mom. Congrats. And, uh, it was a, a duplex. And the bottom half of the, the property, the house, was in ruins. The top, the top half was, you know, people can live there. So I walked my mom through the property. We, ex- we exited the back door, and this huge spider jumped off from the top of the door. The door, um, whatever, you know. The top. Landed on the ground, turned around, and faced us and put his arms up like that as if he wanted to fight us or something, you know, like pretty tough <laughs> spider. And my mom was like, oh, hell no. I'm not gonna live here, live here with that thing. She's like, kill it, kill it. And you know, fuck, like, I stepped on it. And Mom. Two, two seconds after, I felt this weird feeling in my stomach. And I was like, oh, that was a bad idea. Right? So, to continue the story, I, I went home that night. I lived about four miles away, right? I went home that night. Um, got in my car the next, you know, went to bed, got in the car the, the next morning. My car started just fine. It was a brand new car. You know, just started just fine. I drove to the house to do some more, to get some measurements to, to do some work. And, uh, you know, I was there for only 10 minutes, bro. I got back in my car. My, my car was dead, completely dead. 
Not even like that from the, you know, a low battery. Damn. It just made no sound whatsoever. So I had, you know, I had AAA come out, and they gave me a jump, and it never happened since then. I mean, it was, I had the car for seriously three months, and it freaking, it died. I, I would think if it was something to do with the battery, it would have died when it was sitting in my, in my driveway overnight. Yeah. But it actually, you know, so I, I attribute that to me killing the spider. You think because it's, you thought it was like instant karma? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, everything's, everything's energy, man. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's just a fact. Everything is energy. And I, I feel like I, I disrespected that, that, that creature, you know, that being and it came back to me. Damn. It was very apparent. <laughs> what kind of car are we talking? Ah, oh, man. You know, it's, it, was a, it was an Audi TT. It was a nice car. <laughs> yeah, it was like a little fast car, man. Damn. It was inspired by Kerry Getz, man. He had a, a blue one that I love. So I got a little silver one. Wait, so <laughs> you, you got the thing up and going or no? Oh, the car? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the car. I got it up and that was the, the very last time that anything like that ever happened. Good. That's why I attribute that to, to the spider, me killing the spider. <laughs> well, I'm glad you remedied it for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, one second, all right, Carl? Okay. I just want to look at the Facebook page for the live feed real quick um, because the people are on here and I don't want to neglect them. Sometimes I neglect them and I don't think that's fair. <laughs> um, here we go. All right, so I'm going to go through this a little bit and just read some of the comments. Yo, tell him I said right. what's good. I can't pronounce this guy's name, so... But Lamar Ke Calvin said what's good, so... Um, what's up, Lamar? Someone wrote, I, re I remember when I was at Pier 7 in 99 and tried some trick, and my board flew away and landed some locals' feet. I thought I'd get my ass kicked, but then I saw it was Carl Watson. He just smiled and said, that's a hard trick. Can you pull it off? So I tried and landed the hard trick on my ass instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric Robinson said, Elon is a great photographer. Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you very much. Sick. Um, Chase Barty, oh, who's a good friend and a, a videographer, he films as well. He wrote, Carl is a total legend, way ahead of the curve on all of the alley-oop and pop-out ledge tricks that are a mandatory part of kids skating today. Some, ah. <laughs> sometimes I forget about the fact that he did the front nose 270, the pretzel way at Hubba Hideout. And then I remember, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that was gnarly. Watson is a style monster. Hell yeah, I'm going to like that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate that. What's his name? Uh, Chase Barty. Chase Barty. Thanks, Chase. Yeah, Ch Chase is a solid dude. Uh, I've skated and filmed with him before, and he's like a classic individual, so that's rad. Um, okay, I want to move along. <laughs> What's an East Coast guy as well? Yeah, he's from, uh, I don't know, I think he's from Providence. He lives in Providence, at least I know, so. I love East Coast skaters, man. Always have. Hell yeah, thank you. <laughs> are, are you from Mass? Yeah, I'm originally from Massachusetts. I just moved to California when I rode for Birdhouse. I lived there for two years in Southern California, and but I've I've gone back and forth forever. What a difference, bro. Yeah. You, you still live in California? No, I live in, I bought a home, me and my fiance bought a home in Massachusetts right near this huge indoor park, because I knew winters would be rough without an indoor park, and we actually bought our house from the people that own the park, so they're great oh. people too, so. Sheesh. <laughs> Dang, talk about keeping it in the family, the skate family. Yeah, I'm, I'm much like, I'm much like you, I like, try to keep skateboarding in my life as long as possible. Oh, dude, 
No doubt, man. I, dude, I've been pro for 28 years, man. Holy shit. <laughs> no, no, oops, I, I get that wrong. I turned pro when I was 17, so 23 years. Even, Correction. dude, that still blows me away. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> all right, well, then let's get into it. So, you're skating in Barcadero, you're meeting all these people. How does, like, getting sponsored and all that play in? You know, it was the right, I was in, in the right time at the right place. Yeah. I, it was all about, I got sponsored by Dogtown in 1989. Wow. So it was me, Nick Lockman, and Sam Smythe. So then they, that, that, they just put us on Think, like in 1990. It was pretty much the same. The owners were friends. They were like, okay, we're going to take your AMs and bring them over here. And, uh, yeah, super stoked, man. I got, I got very lucky. I was not ready to be sponsored. I just, I got, I, it was by default, man. The right time, right place, and the owners, they liked me. Greg Carroll was a big, big, you know, supporter. If, without him, Greg Carroll, man, like Mike Carroll's brother, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at as well. So I really appreciate him. Yeah, two things. Two things. One, Greg Carroll is the man. I'm glad that you brought him up. He's awesome. Yeah, I love that dude. Definitely gets a lot of respect. Um, and the second thing is, what do you mean you weren't ready? Like, tricks, tricks or what? Wait, say it again. No, what? You kind of broke up. Okay. What do you mean you weren't ready? Like, was it the tricks or your mindset or you weren't, like, what was it? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't ready trick-wise. I wasn't good enough to be sponsored at that point. Oh. I didn't bend my knees. I, I just looked funny on a board. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of, a lot of ridicule from the owner, Keith Cochran. <laughs> Which actually was a, a good thing. Sometimes it's really good when somebody puts you in your place and lets you know, like, hey, you know, your, your shit does stink, or you know, like you should try to correct this. So I really appreciate people that, and that's one thing I like about East Coast people. They they're really blunt, and they they'll tell you like it is. You know, Californians tend to beat around the bush. I love I love Californians, of course, but I really appreciate East Coasters for that. Yeah, we have. So, we have. He's from the East Coast, but I, I really, I, I really like that because it helped me in my skating. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad it helped you. They were just mean to me. Yeah, but I agree. Like East Coast people have their pros and cons, you know. Like, and I appreciate that. Same with West Coast. Like, I, since I've lived on both coasts, I still love East Coast people the most for some reason just because it's like so familiar when i'm home like i could go to dunkin donuts and run into like anyone and i just feel like i'm at home you know and uh but i don't know i definitely like east coast people and west coast people for different reasons and you're you're 100 right people are more blunt especially in new york and the cities and boston and philly and stuff people are more like willing to call you on your bullshit definitely <laughs> i like that <laughs> dude you know, I, I love too actually people from boston are so rad you guys actually kind of are like on an island of your own it feels like yeah the the, the style of skating hasn't changed much the, the boards are still small pants are still baggy for the most part and you guys are just just very cool it seems like you're not affected by trends and that's what i like yeah i dude i agree there's a lot of people people just love where they are like in the east coast boston we have like a rich heritage and like i remember all the dudes that i watched growing up what's that yeah you definitely do there yeah and that's that's where it all began pretty much you know yeah Yeah, i think it's from when people came over on boats they like came all the way across the ocean they settled there and plymouth rock and they were just like we fucking survived we're making it here and then they're just hard-headed they're like we're not going anywhere else 
We're staying here. Yeah, yeah, maybe that it, it does have, have something to do with that. I'm sure it does. <laughs> That's cool. Um, okay, so your first sponsor is Dogtown Skateboards. What they send you? Do you remember your first box? Oh, horrible, horrible. Well, <laughs> I was I, I would stay at my friend Sam's house, Sam Smythe's house, like throughout the summer, pretty much. That was my second home. Yeah. And I remember waiting for a box for freaking three weeks, man. And becoming so jaded and bummed out as a young kid that it never came. Yeah. So the box never came. So we had to go down down to the warehouse and get a couple boards. Oh, uh, right. You know, that's why, man. If I tell a kid I'm going to send a box out out nowadays, like I I make sure I send it out because I don't want them feeling that same feeling of like the waiting and feeling rejected. You know, it's a, it's a sucky feeling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I tell if I, if somebody I'm going to send something out, I send that shit out. That's good, dude. That's totally good. I I agree. That's awesome. Um. Okay. So we're gonna jump ahead then. Dogtown. Where do you? I guess like I want to get to like when money gets involved in skating because I'm ca- kind of curious. Where did the first paycheck come from with skating? The the first paycheck came from World Industries. Wow. I was fourteen. I freaking ah, oh, it was it was a dream come true, man. I I was I was flown to. Um, to LA, stayed at Rodney Mullen's house in Redondo Beach, wow. and got to skate with him for like two weeks. Just, just he and I, and the crew, obviously, and that was very eye-opening, man. He's always been a big supporter of me, and uh, I was getting a hundred bucks a month, a <laughs> hundred bucks a month, man, and that was like huge, huge. That and, was uh, that was your. So, how old were you? I was fourteen. Wow, hundred dollars a month. Fourteen, fifteen is kind of a weird. Time. And then when I got when I got let go when I got kicked out at sixteen, I used that hundred one hundred bucks. I mean that was the money I had to live off of for the whole month. And one time I, I got robbed, man. It was me and Lee Smith. It was like the tenth of the month, and I had eighty bucks left. And this dude was just like robbed us with a gun, and it was, it was pretty catastrophic. They took my Walkman, bro, uh. my Walkman and my money. Remember the Walkman? <laughs> Back then, back then it really mattered too, because that was your music. Like now, you got your phone and you can find the music on the internet. Like then, you had cassette tapes in a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was press. I was on that rewind and side A, side B and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's crazy that we're so far away from that. Like I, when I was growing up, I remember tapes and stuff like that and VHS and like. It's crazy to think kids aren't even gonna know what that shit is. That's vintage now. Oh yeah. Completely obsolete. Are you kidding me? Even MP3s are like old school. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course CDs are, but how'd you get robbed? Was it in the in your house or just like out in the streets? Um, we were on a train and we we caught the elevator up and this, this two big dudes just robbed us. Shitty. Yeah, it was horrible. Nothing you can do though. They had a gun. Yeah, and I was with uh, Lee Smith. Yeah. So we were just tiny. And after that, we um, we had our crew. It's called IBC, Illegal Business Crew. <laughs> and um, so we would carry around a fucking lock, a padlock with a rope tied to it wow. in the back of our pockets. We, we never had to use it, but it was a big deterrent. I tell you that much. Yeah. If we if we had to bring that thing out and swing it around. You know, nobody would come near you. So it was a way to, like, you know, deter the, the, the would-be predators to try to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you're out in the streets, dude. Shit like that happens all the time. Crazy. So... Hey, 
my, my dad was was supposed to come here really quick to tell to share this story of seeing me when I was six. Let me let me give him a call really quick. All right, go ahead, man. We're neighbors, so. Oh, cool, cool, cool. No worries. I'm gonna go back to Facebook real quick while we have a second. Oh. Yeah, his phone's off. He's riding his bike. All right. We're all good. Con- yeah, let's check, let's check with Facebook, see what the homies are saying. Yeah, I want to kind of update this real quick. It's weird. It's not a perfect system. Like, I guarantee, like, for whatever reason, Facebook and the live feed is a little slow. But, um, yeah, my homie Conrad Furla said House of Marley. Hell yeah, he's hyped on them. Yeah. That's sick. All right, one second. Jo- James Morris said Hello. Um, Hello, James. <laughs> sick. What's up? People are saying no slide 270 hubba. People are hyped on that. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> All right, bear with us. You okay? Yeah, bear with us. Bear with us. Technology, I don't have it figured out all that good. So when you're 16, when you're 16, and you like get the boot, like, you what? What's your first step? Do you just go hang out with your friends and like? You're like, I'm going to live with my friends now? Yeah, I, I definitely couch surfed. I stayed at LeVar's and LeVar Marks' house for three months. Legend. I stayed at um, Sam Smythe's house for three months. Sick. And um, then that's when I, I moved into the house with the, the guys from Colorado. So, like, skating kind of just took you in then? Skating definitely took me in. I mean, it, it is like a cradle of love that embraces you, man. Especially, that's why we get tunnel vision because it, it really takes over our lives, you know? Our, our you know, our friends, our, our, everybody skates around you. So, and they provide uh, security, they provide uh, camaraderie and friendship. And that's very, it's necessary for a human to, to feel that. How do you, how do you go about mixing business with the skating side of things? Because I know you started your own brands and you've helped out with other brands and like, how do you mend the two? Well, you know, I, I always like to work with people that are that are good, good folks. And, uh, like, for example, when I got on LRG, they were very, very small. You know, and at the same time, I got, got an offer from uh, Quicksilver. So they, off, they offered me money. LRG had no money to offer me, but I still chose LRG over Quicksilver because I, I believed in the, the owners. So now me and, me and Robert, one of the, you know, the owners... He and I are still really good friends, even though I don't ride, I don't ride for him. That's rad, man. That's cool that you chose that. Just off of so business and friendship, I guess. Definitely, man. I, I've turned down some stuff, bro. <laughs> I'm serious. I've turned down like in my heyday when I was doing, really busting out, doing my thing. I got some gnarly offers. I got an offer from World actually. Wow. <laughs> Back in the day, they they offered me three times what I was getting at Expedition. And a car payment for a BMW. I turn that down. I do not regret that at all. I do <laughs> not regret that one bit. Because I knew I'm all about longevity. You know what I'm saying? I don't like, I don't chase the money. I don't go for like, oh, you're going to throw money at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump and do my do cartwheels for that money. Hell no. Yeah. I like longevity plays, right? One, one thing I do regret, though, one deal I turned down, it was in 2001, Osiris came with a contract. Came with a contract. (laughs) And they offered me, it was a four-year deal to start my own iPath-style company, right? Uh, Yep. And so 10 grand a month, dog, for four years. And and I'm part owner of this iPath-style company. So, but keep in mind, 
iPath was just just started in 1999. We were starting to, you know, we we're really getting out there. We we're taking market share. It was a new thing, you know, very simple shoes. And you know, then back then, all the shoes were, shoes were very big and bulky and technical. And you know, so um, and my those are my friends. So I, I really felt like I couldn't leave them. And I mean, I was like the epitome of being a sellout. Oh man! But so I showed them the contract. They gave me a raise. Nothing even close to what, what they offered me, but it was still significant. I appreciated, it and I stuck with iPad. Damn! And once it, when, once shit hit the fan with iPad, you know, I kind of brought that up. I was like, man, like, you know, I could have gone this, this route. And so the owner, he's like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that that even happened. I'm like, dude, I showed you the, the contract. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, like, what like, more proof do you need? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I regret in my career. Even though, it, I mean, I'm glad it, I didn't do it at the time because I. It would have been really bad to my friends to do that, to, you know, be a competitor, a direct competitor with them. But, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Well, then, so how do we start? How do we go? I know you were for Mad Circle. Yes. I, I, I heard, I was reading an interview um, where there was, like, money that was taken from Mad Circle and all this stuff. Um, did someone steal from the company? Yeah, I, I took all the money. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, giant distribution. They they're the ones that that took the money from Mad Circle. Oh man, that's a it bummer. Over, it was like a hundred thousand dollars over the course of five years of business. So they were just kind of like siphoning money here and there, just from different areas. And so Justin Gerard's mom is a, she's a lawyer, so she's she noticed that and she went to sue them. And Mad Circle was on the rise. You know, it, it went out of business only because of the, the lawsuit. And it was pretty crazy, man. Elon's mom, Nicole, she was eight months pregnant when I got the call. So I, here I am thinking, like, I'm good to go for, you know, some years. And I get a call that the company's out of business. I have no more income. Yeah, so that's... what do I do, man? I fucking bust my ass. I got a job at a place called... Excuse me, guys. A place called Za Pizza. It was like a, a, a pizza place that I like to hire skaters. So I, I worked, um, so we had the, the mother, the mother restaurant up on the top of the hill. Then I worked down Polk Street, kind of at the bottom where there was a lot, a lot of foot traffic. And I sold pizzas by the slice. I would work every Friday from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 a.m. So gnarly hours, bro. Yeah. Each, each like, and then, you know, whatever. It was super fun. I loved it. I met so many cool people doing that job. And yeah, then I ended up getting on Expedition. Thank God. Yeah, that's awesome. So, was was okay. Max who 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 started Mad Circle? Where'd that creation come from? Justin Gerard. Okay. So yeah, started from him. Sick. That's awesome. I never knew that. I just I remember like didn't Bobby Puglio used to ride for Mad Circle too? Yeah, yeah. He and I we we were on the team together. We um we were we were in the video five flavors together yes i remember i gotta go back I, that's gotta be online somewhere oh yeah it's definitely online oh sick i got something to watch tonight rewatch <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> that's sick so how the expedition come to be well i was uh, you know like i said i was you know just working a job going through the magazines and uh, always still skating you know and I, I saw a really good you know uh, marketing plan they had you know it was just great great ads like four pages in a row just had them standing there the smoke behind them so i decided uh this is pre-internet so i decided to pick up the phone and give them a call 
and they they put me on like a six month like trial basis where Channy and and uh, Chris Lambert they came up to SF we skated together I mean it was a pretty gnarly situation yeah and I got I I was accepted into the family and that's why I'm still very loyal to to Troy Troy Morgan and, and the Kale Corp because he really looked out for me when I, when I needed him the most. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. I like that they did that. They took that approach. They didn't they didn't just like throw people on. Like sometimes like brands will just like put people on. They don't even know them. And like I'm like yeah. you should get to know these people. You're going to be war- if it's like if it's something real, you should get to know them, you know what I mean? Like and it, it was different back then. You know, it was way different back then. Yeah. So you're riding for expedition and is this where Organica comes into play? Yeah, well, you know, after I got the offer from uh, from World, I oh. showed my my man Troy, Troy Morgan. I showed him the contract, and he um, he's like, "Wow, Carl, thanks for being for being loyal. Thanks for sticking it out." Oh, another flea! God, man, I got too many cats. Can I get that sucker? <laughs> oh no! So I showed him the contract. I let him know I wasn't going to do it. He was super excited about that. Showed a lot of respect to me and said, "Hey, let's." Let's start start a wheel company. So the wheel company idea turned into a board company. Oh, and so that's, that's how it, Organica came about. Is is in the initial name for the wheel company was Organica? No, no, it was called Altered Altered States of Minds. Okay, sick. Since I was, you know, such a hippie. Well, <laughs> that's awesome though, because I've uh, now I can ask you about drugs because I'm really interested in drugs. <laughs> oh, well, fuck, 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 let's do it. Okay. Um. I've, let me just confess first. I've only smoked weed and drank coffee, just because that's what was accessible and easy. Not that I wouldn't try anything that's psychedelic or anything like that. But have you? <laughs> I have. Sick. <laughs> I've done acid once. I hated it. I pulled my hair out. Whoa. It was the worst experience. But mushrooms, I've done a handful of times, and they're incredible. Yeah. I recommend mushrooms. And um, in 2012, I went to the Amazon. I did. I did ayahuasca. You did that. Yes, uh, did... I was in deep in the Amazon. It was with the shaman, and it was incredible. That's amazing. I I listen to Joe Rogan podcasts and other podcasts, and they talk about psychedelics and ayahuasca and going down there and trying it. And I'm so jealous of you right now. That's my dog. I like Joe Rogan. <laughs> He's the man. You listen to his show at all? Huh? You listen to his podcast at all? I do not, man. I didn't, I didn't even know you had one. You did all. All you gotta do is go to iTunes, type in the Joe Rogan Experience, and you can okay. get it. You can get episodes for free where they talk about everything and anything. Well, that sounds good to me. He has on like philosophers and scientists and like comedians, and they just talk and talk because he's a celebrity, so he has access to like um, epic people. Kind of like since I'm a pro skateboarder, I can reach out to you and you're like, yeah, I'm down. So it's kind of like, he's like that. He's a celebrity. So you can get all those pe- type of people out in California. So it's always an interesting guest and it's about everything. So I'd recommend oh, yeah. it. I- I'll check it out, man. Yeah. So I recommend mushrooms tea for sure. I, that's where I was going to start. Um, I've asked a few people here and there that like, you know, about it and stuff, and I haven't really pursued it, but I have a feeling that when it pops up, I'm definitely going to try them. <laughs> Which... well, I, I was scared at first. I am. That made me want to try it. I was watching, um, you know, KQED, Channel mm-hmm. 9, it's like, the, you know, the educational channel, mm-hmm. and they're talking about mushrooms and, you know, the chemical makeup of uh, serotonin. So serotonin is um, the chemical that makes it, enables us to perceive in our brain, right? Yep. And uh, psilocybin is, is the a- active chemical in mushrooms that makes you hallucinate. So 
ser serotonin, the, the chemical makeup is very similar to psilocybin, but psilocybin is exactly the same, but psilocybin has one line that's a little bit further that extends. So they're saying that mushrooms and psilocybin furthers your perception. Uh. And that's exactly, when, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's all I, I need to know. And I was good to go. I've, I've camped out alone on islands and I've done mushrooms on, you know, like all by myself, like some gnarly experiences, man. Like there's a lot behind the, the, the mask that people don't see uh, yeah. you know, that, that that makes up Carl Watson. <laughs> That's awesome. I like self-exploring and self-discovery, like and dissolving the ego. And oh, yeah. I, I try to do it daily. Like I try to like freak myself out and rediscover and redefine who I am. And it's like, it's hard sometimes. We get caught in like patterns. Like people work jobs and around the same people and you just ca get caught in these patterns and it's like and then the world tells you not to do these things, so then you just have no escape, you know? Like skating has always been that for me, but like I don't know. I like to try other things at work and and help me redefine. I feel like that's what that does, no? Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> it presses the the reset button. Yeah. I haven't done them in a while, but Maybe uh, since we're talking about it, I'll, I'll I'll dabble and go into the forest. Yeah, there you go. I want to, dude. I wish I we lived near each other. I'd go on a mission with you if you'd have me. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I think it's a it's a lone man mission. You got you got to go out there on your on your own. Oh, you could just point me in the right direction then. <laughs> I'm to the right redwood forest. I um, what I did try was a, a sensory deprivation tank. You ever heard of those? My neighbor has one of those. I just did that like two weeks ago. Did you go in there? Did you get really high? Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't get really high. I took a shower and I sat in that, that water and floated. I, for like two hours, it felt like a half an hour. Yeah. And I got out, I felt like I was like a new person, man. I was walking differently. I was like, it, it was awesome, man. Yeah, that was my experience too. I, I felt like when I got out of it, I felt like I took off a, ba a backpack with bricks that were in it. I felt like I took that off and I was like, ugh. You know? <laughs> yeah, something that you don't really experience other than, than there. Unless you're at the Dead Sea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Um, yeah, I grew up... I, I think um, they're saying that psychedelics are like... Um, what is it? MDMA? Stuff like that are good for people with uh, post-traumatic stress. Mm. They're using it in like um, therapy sessions, which that's what turned me on to like... The idea of psychedelics is therapy. Because I, I grew up in a situation with, like, a lot of trauma and, like, violence and shit like that. So, like, I don't if, if When you grew up with, like, gnarly shit at a young age, it kind of imprints on you. And it gives you a lot of stress and worry and, like, anxiety. And those habits are formed at a young age. You go grow into adulthood and you still have those patterns of thought and thinking. And, like, I just want to grow and, like get past that shit so we can you know like so i can grow you know like and uh that's what got me psyched on the idea of psychedelics i'm psyched that you you recommend mushrooms though because that's where i want to start <laughs> well it really helps that's funny you say that man about childhood because when i did ayahuasca i was expecting to see you know sacred geometry images and different things you know but i went back to my childhood and i dealt with some weird confusion with my you know with my parents splitting up at a young age and I dealt with that stuff, and I wasn't even expecting that. Yeah. In the middle of the, the fucking Amazon, going back to my childhood, it was pr pretty gnarly, man. It was heavy. <laughs> you know, the, the spirit of the plant taught me a, a very valuable lesson. Did you uh, Did you go to somewhere, did you like go to a place that they're like, look, we'll give you the ayahuasca and make sure you're safe? Oh, yeah. It was a ceremony. There was like three shaman there. 
people from all around the world. It's, it's a place called Refugio. And it's, uh, take a boat into the Amazon, and you go, you get off on their little dock, and they feed you, they house you, and, uh, it was pretty nuts though, actually, dude. Like, came across some, some gnarly creatures, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> That's... I mean, we just, yeah, we took a little hike around the property, man, and, um, I, the, the guy turned around and saw it, looked at me and slapped my forehead super hard out of nowhere. I was like, what the hell is that for? <laughs> and there was this, like... It was, a, it was like a, a worm that was about that long and hair thin, all these like little legs. It was kind of like a millipede, but they called it a worm. And it was walking across my forehead and to go into my ear. And what this what this parasite does, it lives in your brain for up to 25 years. There's no way to take it out. And it gets big, gets fat, and then it dies off. And it, it can make you go crazy. So I got very lucky, and it was heading toward my ear. Fuck that. Then uh, the last day, I woke up to um, the deadliest scorpion in the Amazon, a really small one. It was on, on my mosquito netting in my bed. So I woke up. It was it was still dark. So many sounds in the in the in the jungle, just like loud as hell. So I was just sitting there, kind of enjoying the sounds. Couldn't sleep because it was too loud, actually. And as the sun was rising, I saw like a silhouette of a of the the, um, the scorpion. I was like, what is, is that a scorpion light? So as the light, like, you know, as the sun rose a little bit higher, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so I, I captured it, I brought it to the shaman, and he killed it. Ah. <laughs> I thought he was going to use it for some, like, magic potion or something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like, he's like, those are like mosquitoes to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, man. Did you do this mission on your own, or did you go with someone? I went with a really good friend, uh, my buddy Chris Perkins, who had been there before. Okay. So it was Chris, his roommate, and his roommate's brother. So it was four fellows on this journey. We had a great time. We actually, we planned to stay in the Amazon for 13 days. And we left a little bit early because uh, one of the, the main shaman, the guy who owned the property, he was a, he was a botanist turned shaman. This like, um, this Caucasian guy from the States. He was pretty much a, uh, a sociopath. You know, he, um, really good looking guy, just, you know, newest, newest shit. And, you know, he had all these pretty girls there, and he would treat the pretty girls differently in the ceremony. It was just really weird. And he actually tried to screw one of the guy's moms who was there. He was he was fighting um, an opiate drug addiction. So she so she came to our cabin, our hut, that you know that morning and let us know what happened. We were like, man, screw this guy. So we, we left and went to Lima. So bummed I did not have my board when I went to Lima, though. I was, oh, it was really... Really weird, just walking around not without your board, you know. Wait, there's a lot of skate spots there. You know, I mean, there were some skate spots, but just being in the city without your board, it was very, very odd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you live in SF too, I imagine, because you just you don't you just walk around with your board pretty much, huh? Pretty much. Damn, that's such a trippy experience, man. You're very brave for doing that. I kind of want to do that, but without the weird pedophile rape rapey guy that's like on yeah. without that dude and whatever. <laughs> yeah, without hey, but unfortunately, man, like yeah, well, but I don't want to go too deep into it. But yeah, it's a good experience. <laughs> all right, you survived it. That's awesome. <laughs> on to the on to the next. I got a few more minutes. Okay, cool. Um, well then, let's kind of bring it back to Organica. What's new? What's going on? Um, with Organica. So Organica is still alive, I, um, we have no team anymore, unfortunately, but you know, we paid, we were paying so much money each month to keep the team afloat. And you know, Troy gets a, he gets a lot of flack 
in the industry, you know, but he is a really generous guy. He yeah. really is. So we paid our riders so well and it got to a certain point where we couldn't sustain the business. So people stopped getting paid, including myself. And, um, so we're at, we're at kind of ground zero. We're building everything back up and we, we decided to partner up with, um, the wildlife conservation network. Whoa. It's a nonprofit based here in, in the city. And so we're going to, we're going to partner up with them and do some, some really cool things and give, give them, um, 10% of our proceeds. Oh, and, yeah, that's cool. You know, pretty much do graphics and, um, you know, do stuff with a purpose now. So moving forward, we're going to support the endangered animals that they support. And we're going to become, uh, you know, we're going to join forces in, in this mission of saving wildlife. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's a, it's a cool way to, to kind of work outside of like the skateboard industry sort of, you know, it's like a good, yeah, it's a good solution to like keep it going and keep it thriving and like things change especially in business things grow in different directions what i like about it is that so you do you still have like are you still doing most of the stuff with organica right now as far as graphics and organizing everything and yeah definitely definitely well right now we, we have no product out on the i mean that we're selling right now we're yes just, you know we're, we're going back to square one and getting everything new again so we're i've approached a couple of artists to join me with this project and uh, so i definitely have some amazing people in the works that might be, be coming coming in with us and so definitely some good graphics to come and a great message that's awesome man well fuck i wish you the best in everything dude and I, you just made my day because i really like organica and i like the brand and i i know that's you so i, I like you thank you very much <laughs> and you know i, I want to give a, sh- a shout out to um kinetic clothing man it's a, a clothing company that i recently signed up signed up with i got um hired on to do helping with marketing and you know i'm also a writer so those guys are pretty awesome. They, you know, they saved me from from working um, the job that I was working. So now I, I can just skate all the time. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So very, I give thanks to, to, to Kinetic Clothing. Man. If people, if people want to check that out, um, what's their social media? How do you spell it? It's uh, C O N N E T I C, and it's uh, kineticlife.com is the website. Sick. Yeah. Uh, we're um, we're gonna release um, you know everything on on the first of May and let you know let everybody know that I'm I'm a part of the company. Hell yeah, that's awesome, dude! I'll make sure to share it. That's awesome. Hell yeah, thank you, bro. Appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show and taking some t- some time out, man. I feel like um, I kind of was thinking about this today while I was working, and I was like, I just wish more pro skateboarders did podcasts. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because I'm like. I feel like if we sit around and let companies and brands kind of tell, like if we rely on them to market us and promote us and tell our narratives, it's kind of dangerous. I feel like if each individual pro did a podcast or some sort of show that they told their version of skating and why they love skating, we'd have way more flavors, way more channels to watch. We'd have way more expression and these brands wouldn't have a monopoly, you know, on dictating what's cool to the young kids, you know? So I don't know. Consider a podcast or something. Like, even if you did, like, I, I don't know. I just think about that. Just put chew on that for a while, Carl. <laughs> Everybody's not as motivated as yourself. So I commend you on, on your efforts. I and just. I love when skaters interview other skaters, too. I've always been a fan of that. Yeah, hell yeah. These conversations mean a lot to people. I get so much positive feedback from people all over the world that listen to this. And they say, you know, they're working some job and it might not be a job that they love, but they get to listen to skate conversations and they get inspired. And it's just cool to be able to share this stuff. And it's like a blessing 
to have this in my life, and uh, I feel like we should have more voices in this arena. So if you ever need any help, you know who to hit up, man. Me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Shetler. Like, like I said before, man, like every time I every time I see you, I think of that Nolly Hill board slide down in handrail. You're, de- you're definitely like, you know, one of the first people, if not the first guy to do that. So I always check for originality. And, you know, I'm, I've always been original with the, the tricks I, I choose to do. So uh, you're, you're, a freaking, you're a ripper, man. And so much much props to you, bro. Well, thank you. Thank you. And a lot of that came from inspiration from dudes like you. So I can't wait to see some footage. You're going to have some stuff coming out with with your uh, kinetic? Oh, yeah. We have a little, little like, uh, introductory video. But I have a, a shoe company in the works as well. But where it's more, it's going to be more like, you know, casual shoes. Cool. So. Super excited. Stangin and Hayes. That, that's the name of that company. Say it one more time. Stangin and, and Hayes. It's the, the streets I lived on when I started skating. Oh, sick. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> pretty excited about that. Well, that's awesome, dude. I'll be looking out for all that stuff, and I'll follow you on everything. <laughs> okay. Thank you, sir. All right, Carl. Yes, indeed. I just want to give a shout-out to all the skaters around the world, and uh, just kind of um, point out that we're all very unique, man. So... Always stay original, and however you do a trick, that is the right way to do it. Don't be influenced by others too much. Don't, you know, when when somebody criticizes you about the way you do a trick, don't listen to it. Just do it the way you do it. And, you know, again, we're all one race, the human race, and that's the thing that's beautiful about skateboarding. And it, it breaks down all the barriers, the race barriers, the age barriers, the, the gender barriers, the language barriers, and... You know, we skateboarding brings people yeah, together. So don't just always remember that we're we're skateboarders. We're very unique. There's a reason why we picked up this piece of wood, and we there's a there's something very special and in our minds that makes it able makes it uh, possible for us to even flip it around and think outside of the box. So we're we're very um, powerful for this uh, civilization. So yeah, we're not just um, you know people out here doing regular stuff. We're we're abnormal. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. You nailed it. Thank you, sir. Hey, love you guys, man. One race, the human race. Peace. Peace.